Hello, welcome to episode 262 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today, maybe part one, maybe the only part we will see of <laughs> um, Murders at Karlov Manor uh, set review slash like just like cards we find interesting, cards we find exciting, cards that might yeah. have a home, just like cards. Just cards. Kind of the show that we always do. Not really too much different, although I'm going to talk about a couple things that I found different about how I perceive this set. Um, but yeah, basically the sa same way we always do it. Maybe we'll get through the whole list. I think there's 28 cards here. Um, got kind of a late start, so maybe we won't get through the whole list. We'll we'll see where we end up. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So That's what the show's about. If you want to reach out to us, if you're really committed to a part two, um, you can send us cards you want us to talk about that we may have missed sure. today. Uh, anywhere on social media, Facebook, Discord, X, go and give it to you. Um, right. Email, whatever, you, whatever you're feeling. All those links are in the description. So if there's like, hey, man, I really wish you guys would have talked about the thing, there's still time. There's still time. Hit us up. Let us know. If you want to support the show, a couple ways you can do it. Uh, first is no cost to you at all. It's our TCG player affiliate link. Casualtryhard.com slash TCG. You're going to be buying Magic products anyway. Uh, TCG is a pretty good place to get them. Get some good prices, reasonably quick shipping. Um, follow that link over to TCG player, do your shopping, and you'll help to support the show. Like I said, it doesn't cost you guys anything extra. They don't charge you extra for using our affiliate link. They just give us a little card of the profit to help us out. So we would appreciate it if you used that. Also, our Patreon, if you want to support us more directly, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Sign up and you get to hear us ramble about all manner of magic and slash or more commonly not magic related things. Uh, but another hour of content out of us every week that's completely random, unscripted, unedited. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Hey, if you're a patron and you uh, want to, and you are a plumber and you really want to like clarify some of our toilet talk, um, please uh, <laughs> uh, let us know. Why do yeah, I have to have a tank me. on my toilet? <laughs> I need answers. <laughs> uh, riveting content in the riveting, pre show. Riveting content. That's right. Yeah. Right, I had to replace a flap and was none too happy about it. <laughs> yeah, also, patrons get access to our show notes, so you get a sneak peek about what the show's going to be about. And sometimes when we do bullet point episodes, kind of like this one, but we do it a couple other times also, um, sometimes it's nice to have a handy reference guide to follow around so you can use the show notes as a reference guide as well. Uh, if any of that sounds good, or if you just want to support the show, patreon.com slash casualtryardmtg. And chip in as much as much as you feel like contributing, and it would really help us out. Mm -hmm. Thanks, patrons. You're the Thank best. You. All right. So what did you want to open with? Because you, you had, you had a th some thoughts. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if this was like before show stuff or after show stuff, but I had some thoughts. Um, just kind of going through... The way I approach these episodes is I think more and more as time has gone on, I've kind of not been as engaged with spoiler season. I don't know if that's because I'm like disenfranchised with wizards or if because the way I approach magic is different or a combination of the two or whatever it is. But I used to get super hyped for spoiler season and was always the first person like posting new cards and 
our group chats or whatever, but I find myself not really following as close anymore. Um, and for the last, I don't know, however many releases I have, you know, paid attention like I did this time, but not gone like super deep into the weeds with how spoilers came out. And then I would gather, um, like cards people wanted to hear about from our discord and Brian would send me some cards and I would put those into a document and kind of arrange them in a logical order and then go through the uh, card file and just pick out all of the cards that I thought were interesting, you know, delete out the duplicates from what I thought interesting and what Brian did and what you guys at home did. And then that's how I would come up with my list. So I was going through this card file and, uh, there wasn't a whole lot I was overly excited to be playing with. No, is that because this set's a dud, or is that because like my disenfranchisement is, is growing? Um, I think it could be both, and okay. <laughs> like this set, there's like our experience with Morph. The mm -hmm. last time we had Morph was. Outside of like three cards, mm -hmm. Morphs didn't get played, right? Right. Right. You you had like the cyborg like protection from dragons reach guy that was white that got some play. Yep. Hidden had, dragon slayer. Yeah, and you had Deathmist Raptor and Den Protector. Yep. And that is like, and the other reason Deathmist Raptor got played was because of. Den Protector being good Den or protector. vice versa. Right. Right. Like they were dependent on each other. So like mm -hmm. from a constructed point of view, right, it feels like um like there's one whole mechanic that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And um I think the clue stuff matters. Maybe mm -hmm. not the cards that care about clues, but the cards that make clues. But like we get trinket piece of cardboard every set now like yeah. think we have blood food and clues right now mm -hmm. oh and oh what they're called uh incubate tokens oh yeah don't forget about them um now granted we should only have and treasures yeah in treasures i always don't count treasures because they're now like everywhere and yeah. like we probably shouldn't have blood just because blood should have rotated but yeah. like we have, right now in standard, four different, like, make a thing, get value trinket pieces of cardboard. So it's kind of hard to get excited about um, right. that. And, like, power two or less isn't, like, a huge hype yeah. thing. So, like, it feels like there's a lot of them that are, like, the mechanics aren't super exciting. It might not necessarily be that they're bad. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, like you can't get excited for disguise because we've played disguise and it's like usually not good enough. Yeah, and like part of the problem with morph and disguise and I guess cloak too, is that like we're definitely constructed players first mm -hmm. and foremost, and like competitive constructed players, and every card you have to look at from an efficiency point of view. Like, what does the card do, and how? what's the investment to make it do the thing? 
and just kind of as a mechanic morph and disguise and I guess kind of manifest and cloak as well, like inherently make things less efficient. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not at the same power level just as like a matter of the mechanic. Right. Like I think there's like a a card that I don't know what a casting cost is. So it's like when it's like but it's like more it's undisguised, whatever. Is yeah. like four and a green, and when it flips over, it like destroys an artifact or enchantment. Yeah, at like common. So like you put like seven mana into this, and like we get this effect in like every single set, and it's yeah. between like three and five mana. Yeah. So like a lot of the like unmorph, or I'm not gonna not call it unmorph, <laughs> right? Yeah. But like the unmorph effect is usually an etb and you had to like tack three extra mana onto it and like make it fragile Mm -hmm. right now it's less fragile because it's got ward two or whatever but still like if they know that you like boarded in your like unmorph kill an artifact thing Mm -hmm. they can kill it well i mean to your point about being fragile like even even though it has ward, it's still fragile. Like mm-hmm. you're not you're not putting gray ogres in your deck because they're gonna rumble. Yeah, and like like you pay the three mana and you technically have a creature, but if you really need the unmorph effect to matter, you're not gonna trade with it. You're not right. gonna like put it at risk. So it is, um, like so like that one doesn't feel like it is a, um really strong um constructed mechanic yeah blue white detectives like there might be some individually strong detectives but like right that there this is the only set with detectives mm-hmm. right so like that's not going to work in standard um suspect is kind of hacky and not going to work in constructed right it is could there be one card that, mm-hmm. like, is efficient enough that has the word suspect on it so it gets played because it's, like, efficient enough? Yes. Yeah. But, like, you're not going to do that. And then, like, the rest of the... The rest of the things are all just disguise, like, looking at the limited archetypes. Right. So it's like, well, these aren't going to... And I guess, like, blue-red artifact sacrifice could maybe work, but, like... That's we'll not like like a cool like mechanic that has like a name, right? Right. So it's kind of harder to like to do. So it, it feels like the mechanics don't translate, mm-hmm. and so you're like, well, why should I? Why should I care? Well, so on top, I agree with that, um, and on top of that, normally, if you've listened to any number of these sorts of episodes that we do, the very last. Uh, category that we cover are cycles. Well, I I, I didn't include any cycles. <laughs> I mean, maybe we can probably mention the land cycle because we should yeah. probably mention the land cycle, but I don't think this land cycle is exciting. And I don't think there's actually... Normally, we get like a big flashy mythic cycle. You know, we had the gods are a common one we if there's gods on a plane we get the mythic god cycle or whatever 
and I don't, I mean, I'd have to go back through the card file to tell you what the mythic cycle even is. I have no idea what it is. Um, is there one? I think the closest you can come is like, there's just like a cycle of big creatures, but like, there's no, nothing that unifies them. Yeah. It's not like the cemetery Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess there is a, a big creature thing, yeah. Yeah, but, like, there's not... There, it, there's nothing that makes them feel unified. Right. And, like, I don't know... Again, like, I don't really follow lore, so I don't know mm-hmm. if there is something that, like, makes... That, like, ties them together. Yeah. To be like, oh, yeah, like... Those all kind of like make sense as a thing. Yeah, so it doesn't but really like, feel like there's anything. We, ha- we have less planeswalkers now, right? We only have one planeswalker, Kaya. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot to get excited about. Like you can't get hyped about whatever planeswalkers are coming because there's only one, and you know it's might or might not be good, but that's kind of irrelevant. And then with no mythic cycle, like I don't know. I just felt kind of uninspired when I was going through the card file. There's like nothing to like really like tie you to the, or like draw you into the set. There's no like hook. Yeah. Um, No, there's some cool cards. Like, don't get me wrong. There's some stuff I'm, I want to play with, but it's not. Maybe, maybe the mythic cycle is the two color. I, I guess kind of like the two color, maybe like guild leaders. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Like, the Mole and then Vanifair and, like, Alquist. Like, there are, like, the gold mythic. Yeah. Um. But, like, I don't even know if that, like, really even counts. It's weird. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just something I wanted to point out that I'm not super hyped for this set. Oh, also. Not like I normally am. Yeah. Also, like... Cases off also feel kind of like blah. Yeah, none of them are super exciting. Like, I think there's a few that are, like, playable and, like, kind of corner case situations. Right, but they're not exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you're like... Like, I think that... Sagas, like, you played them and you knew what you were going to get. Right. And, like, uh, these... Uh, the these like a thing that you see in constructed and even limited right is like you need your card to do what you need your card to do when you mm-hmm. need it to do it Correct. and like usually mechanics that require you to put in work don't work often the juice is not worth the squeeze mm-hmm. right and a lot of these feel like if I play this and then like I don't get to solve it like yeah it wasn't worth the card for right. what I for got whatever from it. it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more thing. It's not in the show notes here, but before we move on to my next little generalization aside tangent, whatever you want to call it is there was, um, one of our listeners in discord, um, aside from having a few cards that they wanted talked about, um, wanted to, talk about um i'm trying to remember how it was phrased what 
mechanics were worth their money, I think is how it was phrased. Like buy, buying into a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've covered a lot of them. We did a whole episode on the mechanics and we've gone over most of them just now from a constructed point of view. But I just wanted to clarify that I don't think that's the correct approach to like buying into a set release is to just buy a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, you should buy cards because the cards are good, not because they have mechanic on them. Yeah, so. it's it's hard because there are very few times where a mechanic is so good that it yeah. carries like mediocre cards. Mm-hmm. Right? I think the last time like you had energy. Energy and energy affinity and affinity comes to mind also. Yeah, but like and you know those are outliers though like they by are. far they're outliers and like the the food cards that matter mm-hmm. are a lot of the commons like it's not yeah. like like you know well tune with a their rogue refiner yeah or like or uncommons like cat oven mm-hmm. right like the those food cards in like in older formats like asmos are rare yeah, but um, it's propped up by a under underworld cookbook, cookbook and, and Urza Saga. Yeah, and Urza Saga, right? Yeah. But like, like there's like, like other than Saga and Asmo, like all those cards are uncommons, right? Yeah. Like, it's like you need. Sometimes it's like the random limited cards that mm-hmm. they like sh- flew a little too close to the sun. Think like, uh, yeah, Lucky Clover. Yep. We were like, oh, we we done goofed. Uh, That was an uncommon because it was supposed to hold the the limited archetype together. But, like, it's very rare that, like, you could get right on, like, a... um, What's it called? That you could get right on, like, oh, hey, this mechanic is worth me... Like right. is going to be is going to be the mechanic they messed up on, or there's like enough here because like there might be a investigate card that's good enough, but mm. it's good enough because that card's good enough with investigate, right. but it's not going to bring like four investigate cards along with it. Yeah, the um, and this kind of ties into what I want to talk about next, but what. Like what kind of unifies all of the mechanics that we just spoke of, affinity, food, energy, um, whatever, is that they're all very parasitic mechanics. Like you have to have critical mass of playable ones mm-hmm. and they have to work together well. Otherwise it doesn't work. Um, and parasitic mechanics are really hard to do correctly. That's why there's all these outliers like affinity and you can kind of call food an outlier as well. Energy is definitely an outlier. Um, but I mean, even so they, for food to be good, it took like yeah, two Eldraine sets, a Modern Horizon set, and yeah. Lord of the Rings to get to that critical mass. Right. Um, what I mean, though, is, or what I was getting at is that they really try i mean obviously it has to happen once in a while because there's 
design space that has to be used, but they try and stay away from extremely parasitic mechanics because they're so hard to power balance. And really, like the answer to this person's question is that I think the only mechanics that you can just blanket buy into a mechanic instead of just good cards are those hyper parasitic ones and they're hit or miss. Like you, you can't just buy every card from a, a parasitic mechanic and think you're going to get a winner because that's that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are examples of things that are, you know, kind of parasitic mechanics that then don't do anything that like are really kind of like inbred on them. Like, like, not that you like, but like celebrate, right? Like you have yeah. to have things that kind of enable it. And then are the payoffs good enough? It's like, oh, there's one good payoff. And like, yeah. like if you were wrong about like which one you thought was the good payoff mm-hmm. or like, oh, hey, I think feasting troll kings really good. I'm going to buy a hundred of them. Like there was like a four day span or like a three week span where like four years later, where like feasting troll king was like a five dollar card. Yeah. But like you have to hold on to all of them and then like kind of strike in that one little window. Right. And that's really hard to do. So, well, I don't, I don't know that this person meant for, um, necessarily a, like a finance reason. I think that they just meant like where to best put their magic dollars. Yeah. Um, like buying into cards from a set. And like the answer is definitely just buy good cards. Like, yeah. It also depends on like, what your definition of good cards are, right? Like, if you yeah. really enjoy, like, if you're playing to, like, win games, mm-hmm. right, then, like, you kind of just always take the best cards and then you end up with, like, Rakdos, where you have, like, one blood card and one yeah. and one saga and, yeah. like, you know, one escape card kind of deal, yeah. right? Where, like, these are the best cards but like if you have a certain well, type of gameplay that you want yeah then like you know i really like blue red spell stuff and i think that melic looks really cool like okay then buy melic but like i don't know if that's the best use of your dollars yeah um real quick and then we'll move on all of those mechanics that you just rattled off that are mm-hmm. in rakdos yeah are not parasitic mechanics yeah, they all just kind of like so allow you to do the best thing, right? That you that you can like you play the game and get some advantage. I yep. will say if you are concerned about your magic dollar, um, more so recently, um, other than like, let's say the three or four cards from a set that end up seeing particularly eternal play. Mm-hmm or commander play everything else trends to zero and pretty fast yes so like if you have a card that you're like so you know if you have a card that you think is going to be really good and you're like oh i'm fine with paying two dollars for this rare right if you're right maybe it goes to five dollars and you're like oh man i got a pretty good deal here but a lot of the time they go to a quarter. Right. Like they all kind of run to a quarter. So it's probably better to wait a few weeks for the set to come out and prices to kind of find their like home. Yeah. As opposed out. to like 
rush out and like you stand a greater chance of I think statistically speaking you stand a better chance of being wrong mm-hmm. than you do of being right for sure and now granted like you know if you bought shieldreds at 20 bucks and now they're 100 right you're happy you bought them at like 20 mm-hmm. but I don't know if you were really excited about a three mana red black planeswalker and you bought them at like 30 <laughs> and and now they're like five you feel real dumb and like i think yeah. there's way more like 30 to 5 or 2 to 50 cents than mm. there are 20 to 80s right right so like just waiting a little bit and being like you know what i don't have to have you know these cards opening weekend will save you a lot of money a lot more than it used to because of all the different printings and stuff well so that's kind of the other part of that is i think that that has gotten more common as time has gone on because wizards has decided to do like more and more gimmicky stuff to try and move packs special treatment serialized cards limited edition cards whatever board games board games whatever you want to call it um and all that, like, the only thing that that can do is make everything else cheaper. Because its sole goal is to make people buy more packs. And if mm-hmm. they're buying more packs to chase whatever thing Wizards decided to print into the set, the only thing that that can do is drive the price of everything else down. So. Yeah, and like. Keep that in mind. You definitely have the, you know, what is the most desirable version Mm-hmm. And it has stopped being the um, stock version, right? Right. So those people open the stock version, and they're not they're not happy that they got the rare that they wanted for their deck. They're upset right. they didn't get the right version of that rare, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, I've been on a, the like. My wife got me a box of Frixia All of You Want, and I and I opened a like foil like super fancy atraxa Mm -hmm. and i was like i'd much rather have the regular one that looks like a magic card (laughs) and so like i sold it and was able to get like an atraxa and a half's worth of value Mm -hmm. so like it worked out for me but i was but like it's like oh i didn't want this one and you would have been excited had you opened the regular one though yeah i'd have been like well maybe not i would have been like oh cool like this is the one i want yeah right and like I think there's more of that of like or did I maybe I opened like a regular one and then like a fancy one I was like I'd rather have two regular ones and then like it worked out, but like I think yeah. there's people that are like I really wish I had the fancy one and they open the regular one and they're like, now I've got to try to sell this and then use that to get you know what I mean it's just right. like since there's so many options there are so many different like instead of there being like the foil and the non foil. Mm-hmm. And, like, those were your only two options. Now there's, like, eight options of every card. And so now that's yeah. splitting the people, right, your customers into eight camps. Yeah. And I think regular one is getting less people. Or well, it's getting less people than it got before just because there are so many other versions. I mean, another thing that kind of goes along with that, though, is that the maybe it's different for Atraxa, but on a lot of the cards the spread between the versions isn't that big. No. Like you might have a couple dollars between the, all of the different versions of the card. And if you really want the different version, regardless if it's cheaper or more expensive, 
you go to your you know local shopkeep and say hey i just opened this but i want the other version like the shopkeep's got to make a buck so they're not going to offer you like full retail value mm -hmm. for the card they're going to give you like 60 percent, 70 percent if you're like really lucky and have a great store owner um and that doesn't get you even if you're downgrading that doesn't get you the card that you want <laughs> Like yeah. you can't just trade the better version for the cheaper version straight up. So it, it's kind of a feel bad. Yeah. So um, buy good cards and wait. Like Exactly. Cuz you'll yeah. in the there will be there will be cases where you look back and go like, "Oh, if I would have bought that." Right? right? Like uh I forget who in who in Discord like pre-ordered a bunch of Leyline bindings. And mm -hmm. then Leyline Bindings were like 20 bucks. And it's like, look at me. I'm so good. Uh, yeah. Which great. But then there's also, also the other times where like, oh, I pre-ordered, you know, you know, whatever. I, I pre-ordered my, my Obnixilis. And then yeah. that looks really bad. And I think yeah. there's way more of that than there is. Absolutely. Like feeling, feeling like it was a win, which is really different than what it used to be. Right. There were definitely spots where like you could, you could definitely do all right in that whole gamble but it's like mm -hmm. so much harder now that it's just like let everything fall out and like if you really like like vanifair right that card's probably not going to see a lot of play it's going mm -hmm. to go down substantially yep so all right with all that let's work through well you want to talk about one gold yeah. card that didn't quite make the list well i i have one more quick aside okay. that kind of leads into that gold card sorry that's right. Shows shows a little weird today. Um, when I was going through this, and I've noticed this over the last few sets, um, I was talking about getting excited about looking through the card file and excited about spoiler season, yada, yada, yada. It seems like they've been putting some of the best designs as the signpost on commons. Like mm -hmm. some of the most interesting cards in the set have been signposts not just in this set but like going back as well back a few sets um and i don't know it's just a weird spot to think that i'm more excited about seeing what the um what the signpost uncommons are for a set than what the mythic cycle is going to be yeah i think that like even if they don't make it as like good limited cards which like ideally you would hope they would but mm -hmm. even if they don't make it as good limited cards like, having those cards gives you, like, oh, hey, you open this interesting card. Now you're drafting a different deck than you've yeah. ever drafted before. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's valuable for, like, replayability because, you know, Arena allows you to do way, way, way more drafts. So, like, right. you know... They got to make it interesting over the long haul. Yeah, having those, having those you know, uh, cards that make you go, like, oh... I not drafted this version of green black or I've not yeah. drafted this exact version of red white uh, is good. And like, I think it's perhaps you've become more disconnected, right? It could be too. You, you are gravitating to things that look fun or that look interesting yeah. as opposed to the things that are like raw this power. Is, yeah. This is the most efficient, powerful thing to do for three mana uh, yeah. currently in standard you're more like oh that would be a fun deck to play like 
you're perhaps getting into more of like a brewer's mindset where like, oh, I wonder oh, what I can man. do with this. Yeah. Filthy brewers. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what I mean? Like it's more like, yeah. oh, this card looks fun. I wonder what I can do with it as opposed to okay, this is the best two drop in the format I'm going to play. Well, this. Like, like I mean, I think that's part of it as well, but I, I do think like in general the signposts have gotten more interesting than they used to be though. Yeah, I mean, I think they are more interesting. They're, I mean, they have, on all cards, kind of like taken the, uh, taken the reins off, and they just yeah. kind of do whatever nonsense they want to do. And like a lot of these signposts, uncommons would have been rares, not That's too too long well. ago. Um, like the one we're going to talk about. Yes. So like you have this like interesting card at lower rarity. Yeah. And like where that card would have been like a rare or not even printed five mm-hmm. years ago. Right. So yeah. I think that part of it is that. But you are right. They are, they do cooler things. Yeah. But like, I think there is definitely like a, a like, oh, I wonder if I can do something fun or interesting with this. Mm-hmm. Because again, they, they took the whole like competitive play th- thing and kind of like drug it out back and shot it. Yeah. And, uh, there's there's none of that anymore. No, it's just a it got infected and it's a zombie. Yeah. yeah. Come to Dreamhack. <laughs> Bright lights and noises. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the one signpost on common. We talked about the signpost last week when we did the limited archetypes episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I mentioned at that point that I really like this one in particular. And there's been a little bit of buzz around it mm-hmm. in the, you know, the week in between. So we just wanted to mention Insidious Roots. Yeah, so this is green-black for an enchantment. Creature tokens you control have tap, add one man of any color. And then whenever one or more creature cards leaves your graveyard, put a zero-one green plant creature to- uh, create a zero-one green plant creature token and then put a plus one, plus one counter on each plant you control. Each plant. So you're effectively, the first plant is a one, two. Mm-hmm. And then the next plant, you get a one, two, and then your one, two becomes a two, three. Yep. And so on and so on and so on. Like, this is an, a pretty efficient little engine. Yes. Kind of almost all wrapped up in one card. Yeah, like, now... Uh, I was watching an aspiring spike thing, and he's he plays a lot of uh, underworld cookbook, um, oval chase daredevil. Yep. Every time you discard the daredevil, you make a an artifact, which then puts the daredevil back in your hand, which would make you a plant mm-hmm. or cat and oven. And make them all bigger. And make them all bigger or cat oven. Yep. This is also perhaps does not work in Yawgmoth, but right you can undying your young wolf and instead of making mm-hmm. getting blood uh blood artist triggers you get insidious root triggers so yep. like any any like undying shenanigans where you get w- rid of counters or something yep can then make this make just like uh, a whole bunch to infinite numbers of and now it's it, is undying the one that puts undying's the one that puts the plus one plus one counter on it, right? 
Yes, and persist puts the minus one, minus one counter. Yeah. So, like, persist and then, you know, Malira for the old timers. Yeah. Or, you know, any number of things now. Yeah. Um, Murderous red cap. Murderous red cap. If you if you make your red cap a plant, then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was I, I hadn't thought about making the thing. Yeah. A plant. I was yeah. just like, oh, just like make an army of plants. No. no, make make it the plant. Yeah, like that's interesting. Then you just need a sack outlet, and it does the right. thing. Yeah. Uh, what is that stupid blue card from like Ixalan? Um, where it, like, arcane adaptation maybe you know, it makes everything you get to like name a creature type yeah. and everything is that um, or uh, goodness oh, I forgot what I was going to say but this card does neat things or like oh this is what like imagine you have a bunch of creatures and like you have a relic mm-hmm. and you like target yourself and you just exile a creature yep then you make a plant and you make all your other plants bigger yeah. So like there are a bunch of there are numerous ways to have a a card leave your graveyard or a yep. creature leave your graveyard. Like like invest like investigate is probably what they were thinking you would do. Right. But the, uh collect evidence. Collect evidence, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um but there's a bunch of different ways like even like gosh. Uh casting a croxa. Yep. Oh yeah, escaping. Yep. Yeah. So like any number, you get two. Those are two separate instances. So you get two plants and two plus one plus one counters, right? Yeah. Because you would, I would think you would escape, and a creature would leave, and then this would trigger, and then you'd pay when the Kroxa enters. Yeah. Well, when he went on the stack, so yeah. like, like the way it would work is you put it on the stack first. That would trigger. And then you this. pay the cost. Then you pay the cost, and it should, then it should do it again. Yeah. So, yeah, like so, there are like interesting things you may not consider that like work with this. Another thing that I was thinking that was kind of cool with this card was Dryad Arbor. Oh, like you play a Dryad Arbor, and then like it gets huge. It, it, well. No, a dryad arbor is not a plant. Oh, it's not a plant. Okay, it, it's a creature and a land. Mm. So you could like ren and six it back, make a plant. Oh yeah. Put a plus one plus one counter on it. Colony could... Colony Garden gives you a free plant. It does. Um, Crucible of Worlds could let uh, you play a... your dryad arbor. That that new that new uh, green card that like puts yeah, lands on gonna, battlefield. We're gonna talk okay. about it. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I hadn't thought about like our our one creature um creature land or yep. land creature or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, this card just has a lot of like little things and like I've got to look look back at the cube, but this feels like a card that you put in and then there's just enough like stuff random hap- stuff that happening works in with the it. cube that like you could just like have a deck that is just I've got to find this and then shenanigans ensue. Yeah, like the sneaky archetypes. I think are, a lot of times are the most fun. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have your main archetypes that you're like building into the cube or your set, yeah. and then 
a lot of times, even like with a normal set release, you'll have that one sneaky archetype. Like there was mm-hmm. the walls archetype or gates or, you know, what whatever caves. C- caves if it got there. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the sneaky archetype is, the five color archetype yeah, or but there's, whatever. There's definitely like, you know, from like doing the cube. So like there are in this set, there's going to be a couple cards that make it that care about you sacrificing artifacts. Mm-hmm. And so then you like, I don't think I have it in the cube now. I have to look. But like Oni called Anvil. You -hmm. put that card in. Now you can like have this Grixis sacrifice, like artifact sacrifice deck that has like a few random payoffs and like, is it? But then you have the enabler in or an enabler in red black. Right. Or, you know, you have insidious roots and so like now you have a way to win the game if like you have a persist creature but like mm-hmm. no blood artist you're like oh here's another way i can do this or like haunted dead now gets to be a madness enabler yeah plus it then gets to trigger this yeah and so you have these little these little things like we've talked about it before like the pocket synergies mm-hmm. but then you like specifically you put in like okay if you get this card it changes the value of these other cards or like, Hey, I want to care about sacrificing artifacts. Mm -hmm. So now I really want to have this artifact that sacrifices things. So it's, it's interesting. And like, this does give you again, like if you get this pack one, pick one, maybe there are cards you would never ever normally think about. Right. But you're like, Oh man, I have to get this because it works so well with this. And reassembling like, skeleton exactly like reass- yeah or you know uh oh gosh what is he called um grave crawler yep blood, blood so champion blood gas like yeah like now these cards do an extra thing mm-hmm. um not not that it is like a workable deck anymore rest in peace my boy um but like dredge mm-hmm. dredge my my thing. Yep. It came out of the graveyard. Get a plant. Two yep. Narcabiba triggers. Get two plants, put counters. Two like plants. N- now you have this like Price weird alternate. Yeah, this weird alternate way to like win the game. No, it's yep. probably not good, but like it is something that you could like do that you didn't have access to before. And mm-hmm. then oh yeah, by the way, they just like make it so you get to like conflagrate someone for like a million because you made all these plants. Um, I mean, that actually seems really good. This might be a sneaky way to kind of revitalize Dredge. Yeah, I mean, it, it is awkward that, like, like usually, like, Dredge wants to have cards that, like, are good both in and out of the graveyard. Yeah. So, like, if this is in the graveyard, then, like, you, like, missed your thing. But, like, if you have it on turn two, and then you're, like, Dredge, I guess I don't. Each instance of dredge is different. So if you dredged three creatures, mm-hmm. I think you would get three plants because they're different. Each dredge is a different instance. Well, this is when they leave your graveyard. Yeah. So like, you have two. You have three stinkweed imps. You dredge. Yeah. You dredge the first one oh. for five. Stinkweed comes out. Then yes, you dredge the, the next yes, one. So there are three different instances of this, of a yeah. different sneak we did leaving. So you get three. I wasn't plants. even thinking about that, and I was just thinking about Narcomebas and Prized Amalgams. Yeah, but like each dredge would give you should give you a yeah. plant. 
This this almost acts like a bridge, though. On some, yeah, but well, like a bridge where you're tutus. It can make uh, yeah, I mean you got to pay for it. It doesn't work out of your graveyard, but yeah, instead of making tutus, you're making like O ones that are gigantic. <laughs> they get, they get <laughs> enormous. Yeah, yeah. It's it, so like we've just rattled off a bunch of things you can do with this, mm-hmm. and we don't know if any of them are good. Like you, you have to try, and maybe you can like be like the dredge idea from the guy who played dredge for years. Probably not good, <laughs> um, but. Like, this is a card that, again, this is why these are interesting. It gets you thinking about different things you can do, and yeah. that's that's exciting. Like, there's still part of me, like, as you know, as a scientist, right? Like, when you're you want to like be the first person to do something or do something interesting mm-hmm. and new, and like these cards give you like the hope that you can find the neat, interesting thing to do with them. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, just like net decking a thing or right. or like waiting on like waiting on the hive mind to come up with the best thing. You're like, oh, like I have this like neat idea. I yep. wonder if anyone has thought of this or has found this other card that might work with this. Yep. Also, changelings. They're changelings plants. are plants. Yeah, that is correct. You play the. uh Changeling Outcast. what plants crave. <laughs> Changeling <laughs> Outcast into Insidious Roots into... Oh, yeah. Profit, somehow. Yes. All right. So, uh, welcome to part one of our two-part special. <laughs> As we yeah, are 40- now, now that we're almost an hour in. <laughs> yeah, we're 45 minutes in and haven't talked about a single card on our list. We talked about a card. We talked about a card. Deep, deep analysis yeah. on this one. It's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. All right. It's I'm Gul- glad we talked about that other stuff too, though. It's Golgari. Of course you like that card. <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. course. Of course. Um. All right. So we have. Uh, we're gonna start on white. Like and, always. Like always. And so we have assemble the players. This is one on a white for an enchantment. Uh. A line of text they love putting on cards nowadays. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. Yep. Um, and then once each turn, you may cast a creature with power two or less from the top of your library. So I thought of this as like a sideboard card against like control. Mm-hmm. Right. Where like you just get to like hopefully play cards off the top and like accrue a little bit of value here and there. Now, yeah. I've heard some other analysis where it's like, well, the times that there's just a land on top, it sucks. And, like, the fact that it's once per turn is really limiting. It is, but it is, like, a way to just, like, slowly draw extra cards. Like, let's say you play this against Rakdos. How, like, and you hit, like, two cards mm-hmm. off the top over the course of, like, a turn or two. You're like, oh, hey, like, I, I've kind of, like, clawed my way back ahead. Um, I mean, or another thing even. you could do is you could play this in spirits where your creatures all have flash. That was another thing I thought as well was like, this is like a bunch of them have flash naturally. Yeah. And then rattle change gives them all flash anyway. Yeah. I also thought I had to go look this card up. Um, where's it at? There it is. Um, it is, uh, 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 Errant. And Giada? 
the one blue white legendary human angel with flash and flying you may look at the top card of your library at any time mm-hmm. you may cast spells with flash or flying from the top of your library like you could kind mm-hmm. of set up a, a between these two things where you just have that effect kind of all the time yeah. and you just get to kind of like work your way through your deck so it just gives you a way to like kind of grind and chew through so now errant giada hasn't like taken off but like yeah. kind of also like a spirits thing but if you're trying to like deal with a removal heavy deck you don't want your answer to be a creature right. you want it to be an enchantment doesn't um three mana vivian from war let you cast creatures at instant speed also I th- is it just the ones that um that are exiled with her no i think it's any creature Uh, no, we're not, we're not, we're not getting there. We're going to find it. Don't you worry. Um, I just can't spell. So it makes it very hard for me <laughs> to find cards. Uh, so that's why oh, Gavin doesn't want you to read to him. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. You may cast creature spells as though they had flash. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just some way to like give you a... Like a way to to like break the restriction of once per turn. Yeah, or if if you could find a way to clear the top of your deck, that would help as mm-hmm. well. But like, it seems like a solid like sideboard card for for like a creature heavy deck. Like you know, probably less useful in like um uh like Amalia combo. Like all yeah. those cards have less than two power. Right. Um, and but like, you know, you already have return to the rank, return from the ranks. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, like maybe you don't need this, but it is a way that like, if you're afraid your opponent's gonna like shut off your graveyard. Yeah. Right. Though this still does get uh, hosed by um, what is he called? A uh, Grafdigger's Cage. Yes. Yeah, because Grafdigger. Digger's cages from anywhere. Yeah. Or library and graveyard or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you still have that issue, but like if you think they're like a rest in peace gamer or something and you're like, yeah. Oh, I can like take out my return from to, uh, to the ranks and put and assemble the players. Yeah. The only, the only downside to this card is it's kind of a victim of 2023, 2024. Now I guess magic where you cast it and it doesn't do anything. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, it's only two mana, so like Like it's it's that might be alright. Hopefully not your two drop. Like Yeah. You've played a game, you've gotten like Wrath, and then you like stick this on like turn five or something, and then you like cross your fingers and hope that there's something on top. And now granted, like if on top is another assemble the players, like you just you 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 played yourself. But but or or it played you. But yeah, the hope is that like you play it, and then you like get a card off the top, and you're like, okay, now I can start to like get my way back in. Yep. All right. Next up, we have Case of the Uneaten Feast, uh, single white mana for a rare enchantment case. The first step. Yeah, we'll go with step. Is whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, you gain a life. The second step is to solve. You've gained five or more life this turn. And the third step is solved. 
when sacrifice this case creature cards in your graveyard gain you may cast this from card from your graveyard until the end of the turn um so like i've seen people talk about this in amalia mm-hmm. and i think it's pretty solid it could be solid there but i think it like if you're like the collected company version of the deck yeah like you don't want to have a not a creature this. yeah right if you are um like i've been playing uh whatever it is ranger captain eos or whatever the convoke guy yeah knight, knight errant of eos or whatever it is um like you don't want to have not a creature like this right. could maybe replace return uh return to the ranks and like give or mm. like but like that's really good because you can just win the game when you're tapped out. Right. Right. So like I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's definitely interesting. It is the the Saffron Olive special of this is good in Soul Sisters. Yes. Um but like I guess like could it like be good in like Angels? Like if you really wanted like another Maybe. life gain effect and then you would yeah. like benefit from like pseudo wrath protection mm-hmm. and you don't have to use the like sack this your creatures can be cast from your graveyard like right away like you could like right bank it for later solve it and then wait and then after like okay you have to wrath me or die then yeah. you get wrath then like the next turn you crack it and then you like play two or three things and you're like okay now i'm like you know I- i'm like back in it or like you know if you had what is it bishop of wings yep and then, like, you got a bunch of spirits, and then you just, like, brought back your 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 Valkyrie and made them mm-hmm. big enough to win the game off of this. Like, yeah. that's that's reasonable. Like, it's just awkward in the Malia because, like, you want a creature in that spot to yeah. some degree. Yeah, it's especially handy, especially if you're playing um, Return to Ranks, that your, your soul sister is a creature as well. Mm-hmm. Because you can bring it back. Because like I've definitely had games well, where not like, just that you can bring it back, but you can bring it back and start the chain. Mm-hmm. Like start the, like win the game on the spot or yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. 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 I was gonna say I've definitely had times where like you, you get your board wrath and you just are like, okay, I have five mana. Do thing. Okay, yeah. now now we're in a you have to kill this again, and I've. Uh, explored my way to the next return to the ranks. And so when yeah. you kill this, I'm going to do this again. Yeah. So it, this doesn't have that, but it is, it feels like they knew what they did with Amalia. And it almost feels like they were like, we should give like, we should give this another way to work. Yeah. And like, I, I think it's fine for that, but like in five life, like is, it's awkward. Like, just because, like, when you combo off, you you do this. Right. But, like, it's, like, you have to, like, it's, like, what some combination of, like, uh, Soul Sisters, uh, Wild Growth Walker, and then, like, a Cenote Scout. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is, like, not undoable, but, like, you don't usually, you usually gain life in, like, chunks of, like, one, two, or a hundred and two. Like you usually don't get to five a whole lot. It's like well, it, like five. Five is an interesting number though because it's 
it's more than somebody is going to incidentally gain in a turn. Mm -hmm. But not completely far-fetched in a life gain deck. Like, if you're playing a life gain deck, five is average. Like, in Angels or whatever. Like, like, you're going to gain five life. Like, if you go, like, this into Bishop into Valkyrie, you gain five. Right. So maybe that's where they were were seeing it. But, like, yeah, like, three, you can just kind of, like, back into. Yeah. Like, on accident. Well, like, even... Yeah, I mean, crack a food, and like you got three yeah. life. Like incidentally, decks could gain three life. Yeah, but five like, life is like you kind of have to be a life gain deck. You have to mean it. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, you're not you're not gonna back into five life a turn. Yeah, you just you're gonna be like, I really like did a lot to get here. All right, yeah. what do we have up next? This is Delny Streetwise Lookout, two and a white for a two-two legendary human scout. Creatures you control with power 2 or less can't be blocked with creatures with power 3 or greater. And if an ability of a creature you control with power 2 or less triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. I was all game to like, I was like, oh, I should get some of these, blah, blah, blah. But then I saw it was a mythic. Yeah. And I was like, is this going to be like $40? Or like something dumb? Mm-hmm. As like... The like, I don't, where are you trying to put it? Well, so again, like having played a lot of Amalia as of late, mm-hmm. right? Like this, like you go, you know, life, you know, life gain creature, life gain creature. This, yeah, you gain four life for this coming into play because both of them trigger twice, and then like if you play an Amalia, um, you would get like. Until Amalia gets one counter on it, you double up all of the explorers. Right? All of you... Amalia's explorers. Yeah. So, like, if you went, yeah. like, you know, yeah, I you mean, had... you still get double the explorers from the other stuff because you're still gaining. So you life. would get you would get four explorers off because of, you would like. Right. Would you or would you get three? So let's say you have life gain creature in this, and you play Amalia. It doesn't have two power. So you gain a life that puts two explore triggers on the stack. Right. If you hit a counter, then the 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 remaining life gain trigger only triggers it once. Right. So like you get at least one extra explore if not mm-hmm. two. Like if you hit land land, yeah. Then you get like two more. But, like, you, you double up all of those, like, life gain triggers. Um, like, I'm playing one, uh, whatever, was it, not, Extraction Specialist? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm playing, like, kind of an older list. The sideboard has changed, but, but like, you could put this in for, like, an Extraction Specialist, so then when you, like, board in your um, uh, Skyclave Apparition, it gets to get two things. Yep. When you board like uh, your um, Night of Autumn, mm-hmm. you would get you would get to choose. So you you get a four three that like eight and an enchantment or artifact. Yeah. Um. So I got another question for you. Okay. Um. Would this make Amalia combo combo list for standard? 
because this could act like a quasi wild growth walker. How how so? You would just not go infinite with it. Like I mean, you could make a giant Amalia over the course of a t- couple turns instead of oh. all at once with just like yeah. doubling your explorers. Yeah, because you're gonna. Yeah, you definitely could. Oh no! I guess you wouldn't gain the life. No, you wouldn't. So you'd need a soul sister. You need a soul sister because yeah. each time that a creature would play, you would get two explorers. Yeah, but that's like an awful lot of value. Oh yeah, right. Like you know, I mean, that's what made the old Golgari deck good was like the incidental value that you got off all your bad cards. Yeah. So like. I don't know if it, like, would change Amalia in standard, but, like, there could be, like, again, this and the, like, Skyclave eat two things is, mm. like, really good. Or, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of other, like, Elvish Visionary, draw two yeah. cards. Draw two cards. Right, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways this can be good. Like, I just, I, like, maybe, maybe I have 2024 brain. And, yeah. uh, like, I was like, oh, this is a rare. Yeah. Like, I did not think it was a mythic. Well, and, I, don't, I don't know that this has, like, general broad appeal where it's going to be, like, a $40 card, though. I Like, its use cases are kind of narrow. They are, but, like, I don't know. Like, is someone going to want to, like, put this in their, like, make this their commander? Do they have some, like, little, like, itty-bitty creature ETB deck and, like, this becomes, well, like... I think single colored legends are hard because Fair. they have less appeal than multicolored cards. For also, commander. like in in like generic humans, yeah, double your reflector mages, yeah, double your Thalia's lieutenants. Um, an- another thing, just on rereading this, is that this doesn't care if it's an ETB trigger or not. Just anything, yeah. So if you like curiosity, something. Hmm. You get to draw two cards. Also, with Coppercoat Vanguard, mm-hmm. you get you have to pay Ward one twice. Yep. Um, what about with Toxic? This would trigger Toxic twice, right? Is that a triggered ability? It is, I think right? So. Yeah. It might, yeah. Hmm. Oh, so this so this would actually be pretty cool with um, Venerated Rot Priest then. Oh. Oh, Venerated Rot Police for sure it would trigger. Oh, yeah. Like, you would just yeah. get, like, that a whole bunch. Yeah. Like, Rot like rot Priest, then, like, whatever, Jawbone Guy, and then this, and you're just, like, you know, target something, I dare you, <laughs> and you die on the spot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, like maybe this is good in humans or, like, that, like, as, like, you know, ETBs are, are easier, but, yeah. um, but like, Athalia's Lieutenant, like, putting two counters on all of your creatures. That's a big game for two mana. Yeah, like, that's huge. Like, that, like, oh, like, what's her name? Uh, Adeline would make two tokens when you attack? Um, yeah, what about... Rabble, oh, shoot, Rabble what... Master would make two? Oh, all, all of the Rabble Masters would make two. Yeah. Um, I was thinking uh, from um, Zendikar Rising. Put a counter on a creature every turn. 
Oh, uh, Luminarch is pirate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, there's all these, like, human-y, white weenie-y things that, like, this has the problem of it's not good by itself. Yeah, it's, but a, it's, it's like a three it's, mana do nothing. But it's really good if you have, like, one other enabler. Mm-hmm. Right? If your deck's just full of stupid enablers. Yep. Um, it's also on color for um, um, Screv. Screv? Screv, yeah. Screv. Screv. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, like, if you... Oh, no, that's, that's an activated ability. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, like, it's... It, like, works in a lot of different, like, weird spots. Yeah. But, like, you know, I was like, oh, I'll get some of these and set them aside. Like, you know, this is a card I might play. But it's like, hmm, how expensive are you going to be? <laughs> Only one way to find out. I, yeah, I, and again, this might be, like, a... Well, it's $40. I'm not going to buy this. Yeah. Oh, it's $3. Sure. Kind of deal. Cool card, though. Yeah, it is. Yep. Next up, we have Doorkeeper Thrall. One and a white for a 1-2 creature Thrall with flash and flying. Artifacts and creatures entering the battlefield. Possibility. I threw this one on the list because... Um, it does. I mean, it doesn't work with Lotus Field because it's just it artifacts doesn't. and creatures, but it does work with Uro and Kroxa. It does. Um, it does work with all the pitch elementals. Mm-hmm. Like that hasn't like been a thing because we have Hushbringer. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't get the the effect from it, but you get yeah. to keep your thing. You get to keep it. Um. Also, like, it has flash. Mm-hmm. So. Usually, like Hushbringer, yeah, uh, they see it and they go, "I'm gonna wait till I kill this to cast my thing with an ETB ability." Here, yeah. they have to commit the mana, and right. then you slide this underneath it, yeah. and then they don't—they've committed the mana and they don't get their like trigger, right? Which is kind of big game because you've like made them play uh, presumably their big haymaker, mm-hmm. and it didn't do anything, and it didn't do anything. Um, there's not really any artifacts that matter with this. Yeah, I couldn't think of any artifacts. I, I mean, Phyrexian, uh, Dreadnought, but, like, no one plays that card. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, like, are there, I can't think of, there are a bunch of, like... Oh, Ph- Phyrexian Portal? Not Portal. The nine mana thing makes you sack three creatures. Oh, I guess if they, yeah, I guess if they play that, yeah. then you play that. Like, I was trying to think of beneficial things for you, but yeah, like, yeah. that's still, like, a uh, yeah. big game. You, you do this. Um, yeah, like, I, I think it's funny that, like, we have all these cards that care about, um, that, like, are powerful because they have ETB abilities, mm-hmm. and then... That then forces wizards to go into the design space of like, oops, these are too good. <laughs> and so like yeah. you like build your decks because things have ETB abilities. See Amalia, see um uh elementals, right? Yeah. Or even um 
fires, right? Like fires is a deck that like your creatures have ETB abilities. Mm-hmm. And then now you have this and you're just like, I guess my deck doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, this is significantly easier to kill than uh, an Elish Norn. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will I will give it that. <laughs> it's also it significantly that. easier to cast. Yeah. Well, like, I've started, like, in Amalia, so, like, again, I play the, a, a version that has um, uh, the, the, whatever, Ranger Captain or Knight Errant, Knight Errant, whatever it is. Um, yeah. The Convoke Guy that lets you get creatures. So, like, in my sideboard, I have Murderous Riders. Like, they, they, you can't cord for them. Right. But, like, you can find them off of, like, you know, the the Convoke guy early on, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And then have it to kill a uh, um, uh, an Elish Norn. As opposed mm-hmm. to, like, just having everything be ETB. It's like, I'm going to have a few, like, adventure creatures that I can find different ways. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I can, like have a Skyclave Apparition that I can cord for, but I can also have, um, you know, this thing I can just draw and kill yep. the thing that's turning off my deck. And, like, it might be a situation where you have to have more things like that or, like, take it into account. Mm. As opposed to... Because, like, this is just super annoying. Yeah. And, like, there's now 12 of these effects. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Like, it's just... Like, you are to the point where, like, a Bant deck that is, like, these plus Uro or Mm -hmm. some other negative, like, ETB trigger thing is just, like, a reasonable deck. You have enough redundancy in this effect. Yeah. That, like, now you just need enough of the things that, like, enter and do a bad thing. Right. To be like, oh, I... I would prefer it not do the bad thing. Okay. Yep. So. All right. All right. Next one we have is no witnesses. Two white, white for a sorcery. Each player who controls the most creatures investigates, then destroy all creatures. So we have basically wrath of God in standard. Mm-hmm. Um, the other versions of this that we've had have, like whoever won the contest or whatever, um, have just given them a card's worth of value. Um, this makes them commit to mana to get that card value. So quite a bit better in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, if for some reason you have two creatures and they have an attract, so you get the clue. That is true. Which upside. weird. Also yep. like, this feels like an artifact of we like changed uh, rotation after we put all these cards in warehouses because yeah. like this was supposed to be the depopulate replacement. Yes. And instead it's like, uh, I don't know if you, there was a Saffron Olive video last week that was like, oops, all rass. No, no, I didn't see that. Only played, it played 20... Seven lands and thirty-six rests. <laughs> uh, and that's before this. Yeah. He had he had to go into black for like the there's the battle that's a wrath. Yeah. And then there's uh 
uh, parish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yeah, there's just so many rafts. Like, and it's it's fine. Like, I think rafts have gotten worse just because the creatures now like give so much value when they come into play. Yeah. But like, you are right. The fact that it's like now you gotta like kind of skip part of your next turn to try to get your card back. Yeah. Or I have definitely like had my opponent like get lost something. Mm-hmm. And then before I have a chance to use the, the things, cast farewell. Yep. And then eat them. Eat the eat the map tokens or whatever. Yeah. And you just like don't get anything for it. And you're just like, oh. So like I could definitely like wrath, then reboard and not use your uh your clue and then your opponent's like, well, farewell, get artifacts as well. Now you got kind of nothing for this. Yep. And then perhaps the most powerful card in the set. Perhaps. It is novice inspector. It is white for a human detective. And when it enters the battlefield, investigate. And it's a one, two. It's a one-two. This is, um, I did not know that Thraben Inspector had access to the Omen Paths or was a Planeswalker, <laughs> but this is exactly our boy Thraben Inspector. Yep. Um, a, you know, a one-two that draws a card on the installment plan is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Also, like, makes a body... Or makes an, an artifact for you to gleeful demolition in um, the convoke deck mm-hmm. is also pretty good. I don't know, like, I don't know if you are eight three wooden inspectors, no, uh, whatever he's called. Oh, name the Valdoran Epicure. Like, where oh, you like, okay. where you like get rid of that? Yeah. Or if you are, um, or if you're like 12 one drops that make an artifact for your gleeful demolition. Yeah. Right. Like the, the upside of novice inspector over Valdor and Epicure in the convoke decks is they pay for your, uh, creature. Like mm-hmm. they pay for Loxodon and they pay for, um, whatever, Knight Errant. Where, like, if you go, like, Epicure, play your second land, Gleeful Demolition, you might not have the right colors yeah. to cast your Convoke creature, but with this, you will. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know how important that one damage is. Like, I guess you're a deck yeah. that, like, needs to do exactly 20 damage, so yeah. it might matter. Or maybe you, like, cut, um, oh, gosh, Resolute Reinforcements. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'd rather have this extra artifact that's like a little bit like grindier than like the two bodies. Yeah. So, but yeah, like this um, card's definitely going to have a home. I guess my question is Three Bin Inspector was basically a staple mm-hmm. in its time and standard. And magic has changed an awful lot in the following five years or since shadows came out 
Longer than five years. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely been longer than five years. the podcast has been going for five years, and that was uh, Guilds. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a long time ago. Um, is this Does this card still have a home in standard like Thraben Inspector did, or has Magic moved this being powerful? I think Magic has probably moved past this being powerful, is yeah. my is my thought like there's there were so few like that guard got played in like marty vehicles mm-hmm. there were so few other ways to like generate card advantage yeah. like actual card advantage in that deck um that like favorite inspector was like a really big deal and i guess it got played other places too but yeah, like, i mean now, it was in all the wait we need decks of yeah, the time like now it feels like there are just so many um, cards that had incidental value stuck to them that, like, you just, uh, like, you don't need that, like, extra card draw. And, like, maybe it makes its way into Mono White because, like, Mono White has oh, the one two that, like, grows when you attack with a training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and then I don't know what the, oh, no, the other one drop is uh, the one, two that, like, for four mana, you uh, get to look at cards and put a creature in your hand. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is probably worse than both of those, right? Yeah, I think so. So, like, and then the rest of the cards that deck, I think, are fine. Like, I don't think there's, like, a super weak card that you're like, oh, hey, I really want, uh, I really need to have this additional yeah. uh this additional like one drop. It's not like you're like super hard up for one drops, especially like in a three year standard. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, you're always like, there's always going to be like random uncommon two one. Yeah. In white that has like some ability that like makes it fine. That like probably pushes this out. So like probably not, which is kind of sad. That is sad. Like, Three Wood Inspector was, like, one of the best cards in Mardu Vehicles, strangely enough. I mean, it was a it was a good card to be good, too. Was, yes. I mean, obviously, it's a common. It was cheap. It was fun to play. It was good for various limited environments. And it was, like... a ton of cubes. And it was fair. Like, yeah. it wasn't a card that felt broken or, like, felt like your opponent was, like, running away with the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't snowball. Right, it was like, right. oh, I'm like out of cards. I guess I get to draw an extra card this turn, like on turn six. Yeah, as opposed. That's probably why it's not good anymore because it doesn't snowball. <laughs> it doesn't snowball as opposed to you know Ragavan, where you're like, oh, like I just get the card for free, yeah. and the man that I cast it, amazing. So like, it's, very, it's a very different world. But like, th- this card, trust us, this card was good back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have we have a choice to make. I was just going to ask you the same thing. We are we are an hour fifteen in. We could just uh, uh, leave them on wait and then come back and finish off the other one after we had our uh, deep thoughts about signposts, uncommons, and <laughs> the changing face of magic. So we yeah. prom- we promise them maybe a part a part two, and this would yeah, give people th- time to give us some feedback. Absolutely, I think we call it here. Um, there's not. 
we didn't have as many cards this time around as next time. We definitely can't get through them all, but we might as well have a full episode for next week. So yeah, so we'll just Let's, call uh, it here. Yep. We'll, we'll let you guys uh, ponder any white cards we may have missed, and then uh, I will say we are a little thin on blue and uh, green cards. So if you have any yes. blue or green cards that you're like, you should totally talk about these. Let us know. Hit us up. So with all that, I think we got a show. We got a show. So if you are going to hit us up, Facebook, Discord, uh, X, email, all those links in the description. Go check them out. Let us know what blue cards we need to talk about. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you want to support the show, as always, there's two ways you can do it. Our TCG player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG, or our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Um, either way supports the show. We really appreciate it and hope you'll help us out. Yeah. So with that, we'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets.